Almost a weekend and you don't know what to do Or you just need something fun to listen to Southside Pod! Yes, we're on the Southside air Pod. And the gang's all here, all things on the Southside We're listening to the Southside Pod Looking for the best Southside breweries Or you might just need an awesome place to eat Green, Blue Island, Beverly, pay listen, all sub to your tuned in to the Southside Pod. Southside Pod! Oklahoma, Midlothian, Old Fort Chicago Ridge, Flossmore, and Bridgeview, you're listening to Southside Pod! Belly on up to the nine foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris, that's Bill, that's Mike. And you have a seat as well at 30 Minutes of Good in a World of Dumb known as Southside Pod. I am going to war. Well, not me. I'm going to observe a war between pizza places on the southwest side. And you, you can help me pick a winner. Details on a field trip for you and me happening next week. We have a full summer entertainment rundown from Ben Belton, our Hollywood expert. We have everything going on this weekend around the South Side so you don't miss a thing. And Mike's got his guitar out as well, so we'll see what happens. It's all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. You heard the ad at the beginning of the show, named one of the Southland's best two years in a row, and now they have that express service. If you know what you want, you see the cost right on the website. Order and schedule it on the site immediately for quick service. Bowing walls, window wells, foundation crack repairs, sump pumps, anything to keep your foundation secure, dry, and intact. Keep your home safe. It's your biggest investment. Your basement's best defense is at FamilyDry.com. Our social media manager, Faith. Faith. Yes, you gotta have Faith. Yeah, uh, Faith has has asked me if we would Uh-oh. change the logo to the show. We gotta change the logo. She we likes, wait, we she have a says logo. That, she says after doing Your research, created that logo. I know, and she says after doing research. Hold on. On the use of the two what different is, logos. What are Faith's credentials? She's run a bunch of social media accounts, and she's doing very well for us. I'll be honest with you. She has quadrupled our reach. She's got, like, all, we have something we have like. four people following we've us. We've got a thousand. We have a thousand more people or 1,500 more people on our on our mailing list. Where our numbers have, have, have tripled. I mean, like, we've got. She's given us a, a massive. What's wrong with our logo? She's saying that the white logo plays better on social media and when she presents it in graphics than the one that's black in the background. The one, the white background plays better. So then I, I brought my daughter downstairs the other day and I was like, I just want to show you the, uh, the white logo, which she didn't create. That was what, me what, playing off her logo. In black then? <clears throat> the lettering's in black. Which is, and that's like said, what we put on the koozies and, and she, stuff. That's, that's yeah. the logo we had to put on the koozies and we had to put on the banners yeah. at events because the other thing just didn't translate. It was it always pixelated too much. So there's your answer. Audrey, my daughter, first of all, is going to create a better white background logo. But in the meantime, we're going to swap it over. And the reason we're going to do it is, and, and my daughter even said it, she goes, Dad, most people, they use black screens in the background. Most people, your logo that you created for your, your koozies and stuff based on what I made, I agree with the person that's telling you to go to the white logo. So, so but I wanted to break it to you here on the show. Cause I know how sensitive you your are. Your social well, media manager that you hired. Yeah. yeah. 
need that told us that in order to be better, right, we need to be whiter. We need. <laughs> <laughs> and this affects the logo, Bill and the logo, I. How? The logo. Okay. The logo. Oh, the logo. Right. What you said. I don't think we can get whiter than we are. <laughs> <laughs> we have to start saying things like, geez, Louise. I mean, we can let Mike talk more. I mean, I think it's about each other thumbs up and nodding. 30 minutes of rootin' tootin' good. <laughs> Howdy, Southside. <laughs> <laughs> On the phone with me right now, Tori Lewis. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Uh, we just met over the internet. And we're, we're talking right now for the first time on the phone, and you reached out and you asked me to be a judge in Pizza Wars. What is Pizza Wars? Uh, pizza Wars is an idea we came up with uh, last year um, to sort of promote some of the uh, some of the pizza places around the southwest side, Garfield Ridge, Clary, and Archer Heights. And we did the event at the farmer's market last year. Uh, the neighborhood loved it, and so we're bringing it back again this year. So what do I have to do? I just have to sit around and eat pizza? Basically, uh, it's a pretty easy job. We've got six uh, six restaurants participating this year, so you're going to get this, you're going to get to sample each one of them and just decide which one you like and which one you don't like so much. Do I get to find out in advance like which uh, pizza places are going to be part of this, or are you keeping that all secret from the judges? Uh, the judges are going to be blind tasting. I'm not blindfolded though, am I? Unless they want to be. All right. Kinky. Uh, so uh, so what's going to happen here is I'm going to have these six pizza places. I'm going to try their pizza. I'm going to pick a winner. And then the other five are going to be mad at me because people take their pizza way too seriously. <laughs> that is a possibility, yes. Um, we'll try to keep your identity secret until later. And you've done this before and, and no judges have died? Uh, we did it last year uh, with just a public vote. So this year we're doing we're doing a public vote and a judge's vote. What about the general public? Do they get to come and watch this? Do they get, is there going to be pizza for sale? Like how, how involved is this for, for, uh, for those that are interested in pizza wars? Um, to do the pizza wars, uh, you have to buy a ticket ahead of time, but we will have some for sale uh, on site on, on that day. Um, so anybody can come get a ticket and uh, do the same thing the judges do. Taste, taste pizza from all the six places, uh, fill out their own ballots. And the winner of that becomes the winner of the public vote or the people's choice. And then we'll also have the uh, the judges pick. Is it a certain style of pizza? That's what I'm curious about here. You got this this whole debate over like the deep dish and the tavern style, and you know some people like putting pineapple on their pizza for crying out loud. What what is the standard? Are they all making the same kind of pizza? Uh, we've standardized it a little this year. Last year we kind of left it up to the pizza places, uh, and this year we are doing uh, thin crust. You can t- choose either sausage or cheese. All right. Well, I'm going sausage. That's how you figure out whether or not it's good pizza. You know, how they make yeah. their sausage. You ever get sausage in, in a place other than Chicago? It's like breakfast sausage. Yeah, it's been, I've had a weird experience with pizzas. Yeah, it's terrible. It's awful. So uh, give me the uh, the date, the time, the location, and if there's a way for people to buy tickets online, shoot that out there. Sure. It is going to be June 21st uh, from 4 to 7 at uh, the Mayfield Banquet Hall parking lot. That's at 6072 South Archer. Uh, tickets are available at uh, midwaychamber.org. June 21st, 4 to 7. And I'll be out there eating pizza for three hours? <laughs> yes, the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Tori, I, I appreciate you jumping on Southside Pod, and I will see you on the 21st at Pizza Wars. Great. We're looking forward to it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the Southside Pod. It's the Southside Pod. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the Southside Pod. It's the Southside Pod. OMG. OMG. It's the SSP. It's the SSP. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. It's the Southside Pod. It's the Southside Pod. I had to go downtown for a deposition. A deposition from your previous employment? Yeah, I did. For somebody, what? Somebody was suing somebody Are you else. allowed to talk about this? Yeah, I, they never said I couldn't. That's what's okay. funny about it. Like, they never said I couldn't talk about it. Okay. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was called down as a witness for something that I'm not really a part of. That I did. I said in advance. Called as a witness I, to something you didn't witness. No, what I said was I don't remember any of this stuff that they're asking me. Listen, Reagan, that only works so many right. times. But I okay? really didn't remember it. I don't re- like as far as I'm concerned. I, what they were asking didn't matter. Most of the 80s I do not either, recall. I, yeah, exactly. I use that a lot. But the thing is that like I was called down to this thing, and I, it cost me forty six dollars in parking in downtown Chicago. Well, they should pay for that. They should, and yeah. they won't. They're refusing to. The the Cook County State's Attorney. Or the, or the the Illinois State's Attorney is defending Cook County, and the lawyer who's who brought the suit and and called me to come down there, who parked in the same parking garage I did. I bet his parking got right. Exactly, his parking got validated. Yeah. Everybody got their stuff validated except for me. You want to know why? Because everybody hated me by the time I walked out the door. You got to validate right when you get there, Chris. Rookie mistake. Well, I walked in and asked about it, and they were like, "We'll talk about it afterwards." And then I think everybody hated me because what happened was, I, I think are you the surprised states, that they all hated they me? all hated me. They all hated me. <laughs> That's how we are at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> You don't we validate, don't validate your parking you, you either. You don't get validation either. <laughs> or your feelings. <laughs> Listen, they all hated me. Because here's what happens. I, I sit down, and what's what's going on is that the, the state's attorney is defending Tom Dart in, in Cook County. And the lawyer is going after him. So the state's attorney basically said, oh, we just want you to, like, you know, if you have any questions, whatever, they're trying to be real nice to me. And I realized right away. Nobody here is my friend. Nope. Nobody here is my friend. Nope. I don't have anybody here as a friend. Nope. So as the questioning begins, essentially the question was, do you think these people are capable of these things? Of course. Why do you think that? Anyone's capable of anything. Yeah, I'm like, why do you think that? Because they're kind of a-holes. Oh, oh, okay. And then the other lawyer would be like, but do you think it's possible it didn't happen and this one's lying? And I was like, Yo, totally. Yeah. Why? Because that person's an a-hole too. Right. I basically said everybody involved was an a-hole. Like I was like, everybody in this entire case is a jag. Everybody. One of them pull out a thing like, oh, like, did you see this happen? And it looks like you wrote this memo and you signed it as like a boss when you were inside the 911 center. Did you see this? And I'm like, yeah. And, and what happened? Whatever it says in the memo, because it was like five, six, seven yeah. years ago and I don't remember it. Okay. Well, but this kind of points out that so-and-so's bad. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Well, then does that mean that the other people are right? No, no, no. They're bad too. Look at this memo over here. They're terrible as well. So by the time it was over, everybody in the room hated me. I had literally been the worst witness they could have called. They should have left me alone right. and kept me at home. And then what they basically did was like, well, then we're going to charge this guy $46 for parking. Like nobody will validate my parking. Absolutely. <laughs> because I angered everybody in the room. But you know what? The good news is nobody will ever freaking call me for yeah, that. You're not going to get positioned. They're going to even stop your jury duty. <laughs> No, like, they're right going to give him a, extra jury right. duty now. There's a red flag next to me right now. Like, if <laughs> At you bring least this guy you get paid 17 bucks for. You bring this guy in, he's going to blow up your case. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> right. This guy walks in, he's going to blow up your case. He's going to blow up the other guy's case. He's going to blow up everybody's case. <laughs> he's going to blow case. up the case in the next courtroom. <laughs> through the wall, somehow. 
Somehow he's going to get a mistrial call three courtrooms down. This guy's poisoned. Keep him out of there. Chris, mistrial annuity. <laughs> You're a defense attorney. They start calling you Chris trial. Best Chris friend. trial. <laughs> That's another Chris trial. And they just do like the guns with my fingers. Chris trial. Chris trial. They're all guilty. Chris trial. You just run from courtroom to courtroom. You too. You're guilty. Chris trial. You, you, and you. Chris trial. Chris trial. Chris trial. I'm out. Is that a rattlesnake? Rollin', 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 though the streams are swollen, keep them doggies rollin', rawhide. Rain and wind and weather, hell-bent for leather, wishing my gal was by my side. All the things I'm missing, good vittles, love and kissing, waiting at the end of my ride. Move on. Head him up. Head him up. Move on. Move on. Head him up. Raw hide. Cut him out. Ride him in. Ride him in. Cut him out. Cut him out. Ride him in. Raw hide. Yeah. Keep moving, moving, moving. Though they're disapproving, keep them doggies moving. Raw hide. Don't try and understand them, just rope and throw and brand them. Soon we'll be living high and wide. My heart's a calculating, my true love will be waiting, be waiting at the end of my ride. Move him up! Hit him up! Hit him up! Move him up! Move him out! Hit him up! Raw high! Cut him out! Ride him in! Ride him in! Cut him out! Cut him up! Ride him in! Raw high! from Rawhide. Thank you. (laughs) I have a confession to make. It's true. And I'm guessing you have done the same thing. Put more time into thinking about what's for dinner than preparing for your retirement. But if you think your retirement needs deserve more attention, I agree with you. And I want to help you out. I've got a local, experienced, down-to-earth guy who's a friend of this show. He's got a get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values. And he's been around for over 20 years right here on the South Side. His name is Tom Walsh. He's located on the corner of 111th and Kedzie, and he's waiting for your call. In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call someone who's invested in your success. Reach out to Tom now, 773-779-0023, or pop in at the office right on 111th and Kedzie. Tell them we sent you. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. I want to see that movie. I think that'll be on Netflix in six months. <laughs> Don't put anything on Netflix. I'm watching this stupid Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. I finally got around to it. The Fubar? It's so bad. I haven't seen. I haven't watched it. We, here we have an old Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to pretend that he could still be a secret agent. He can barely move. Yo, yeah, Even with all the camera tricks, he can barely move. He's got like fake hips and knees and 
Right. He benches like what a girly man would bench now. I can't even get up. Right. <laughs> I mean, in the second in the second episode, they found a way to get him to say the word choppa. Like he said, he's like, course, right. look, it's a choppa. And I was like, well, they, they had to write that in. Of course, yeah. They had to write that in. Did he say, I'll be back at he some point? He hasn't gotten to it yet, but I'm sure he will. Yeah. I haven't gone through the entire thing. I'm sorry, thing. I'll be back. Yeah, he'll get that in there at some point. But it, what's funny is even the editing. Like if you're paying close attention while you're watching it, you'll see Arnold's lips start moving because he's saying the line that the actor's saying to I them. I love that. And then they cut real quick to somebody else because they probably discovered it in post-production. But if you're paying attention, if you watch this show, just look at Arnold intently and you will see Arnold Schwarzenegger screw up so many times in this. He's like thing. 75. Oh, you know? it's it's brutal. It's just as brutal as watching what that Tulsa King with oh, Sylvester Stallone. that was Storm. terrible. That was the Another worst. Another old guy. That you might know. have been the worst television I've ever seen. I stopped half, halfway through the first season. Yeah, I, I can't I, do I this anymore. I don't think I got to the second episode, so it's brutal. it was terrible. Like Harrison Ford was okay in Yellowstone because he was supposed to play an old man. Like, that's it. At this point, you got to play an old man. Like when Clint Eastwood played that one in uh, Gran Torino? Yeah. Oh, he was great. That was, <laughs> he was perfect. He's <laughs> yeah. just an old racist old him. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Because that's that's kind of what he is in real life, yeah, right? <laughs> he doesn't answer. Actually, he didn't even know he was non-fiction. in a movie. Yeah. He had no idea he was in a movie. He is. That was his house. <laughs> he isn't really angry anymore. <laughs> I actually, you know what I did the other day is I turned on a Clint Eastwood movie. I turned on Any Which Way But Loose. Oh, that's such a great movie. Any Which Way But Loose. Oh, and what hit me the is that the one with the orangutan? Yeah, yeah was there's say. Any Which Clyde. Way But Loose, and then the, the part two is Any Which Way You Can, where Clyde comes back, and. What's great about this movie, if you ever watch this movie again, if you were younger, you watched Any Which Way But Loose. I think it's from 1978. I'm sure, it totally holds when up. You, when you, oh, it, it does. <laughs> it does. I was watching it. It holds it, up. It does. It holds oh, up. Oh, boy. It's solid. It's a solid movie. It's oh, like boy. how Smokey and the Bandit still holds up. Oh, Smokey and the Bandit's still that's good. True. Also got a monkey it. in it, didn't it? it? No, there was no monkey in oh. it. That was Jackie Gleason. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It's going to mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> the comic relief makes so much is, more sense right now. Well, here's here's the <laughs> Reynolds' mustache was the monkey. Here's funny. Wasn't there another movie with a monkey? Oh, like a chimp. Uh, Burt Reynolds. There movie, was a maybe. lot of movies with monkeys there, and chimps in the late seventies and early eighties. Early eighties. What was the truck everywhere. driving movie with a monkey? BJ and the Bear. Yeah. Actually, we have Ben Belton, our Hollywood guy, on the line with us. We haven't talked to him in a couple of months. Ben, are there uh, are there any movies with monkeys or apes or chimpanzees or any kind of uh, uh, animal like that? Uh, coming out this summer you know that's a good question but i think i'm gonna go with no on that <laughs> you're telling me that's not a formula that works for hollywood anymore uh, maybe maybe if there's another curious george film in the works or something like that i i'm not up to speed on it if there is <laughs> all right well as you were as you heard there we're, we're thinking more along the lines of any which way but loose you know a, a man and his and his orangutan riding around the country fighting guys on the back of motorcycles like we're i think hollywood needs that again why not you know exactly they're, they're trying everything now so it it, it, it couldn't hurt maybe, maybe there'll be a uh, some sort of a, a monkey in uh, in secret invasion this is the one thing that i'm looking forward to I know we talk to you because about a lot of movies out there and you're involved in the industry and, and you get a lot of the inside information and that's why I bring you on and also because I like talking with you. But but I keep seeing all the previews for Marvel's Secret Invasion and it's the one thing I think I'm geeked and ready for besides Ahsoka, which is also going to be on Disney+, Plus, which is the uh, the continuation of that story in the Star Wars universe. But, but what are you hearing about Secret Invasion? 
Well, there's a lot of stuff coming from Disney, but you got to remember also, and they announced this week that a lot of things are getting pushed back with Disney. So one of the things I'm hearing about Secret Invasion is that, and, and is consistent with some of the strategy and the change, because as you know, Ant-Man didn't really perform as well as they would have liked. It wasn't as good. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. You were setting up King. I get what you're trying to do here, but the whole thing with with the, the original Marvel movies, I'll call them, in the MCU, where you're slowly building over the course of like 15 movies, the idea that there's a big bad out there in Thanos, and then what they did ever since then was just a bunch of hodgepodge stuff that didn't really seem connected, all kinds of weird things like She-Hulk, and then you, you used Ant-Man to introduce a character that everybody's kind of like, What's this movie about? Is it just so that we know this guy's name? It was like, I got to the end of it and I, I thought one, it was a hodgepodge movie that didn't make any sense Two, all of a sudden the, the, the teenage girl in the movie is some sort of a scientist who can open up a doorway into the quantum realm and they got her doing it instead of the guy who discovered it, who's her grandfather. And it's like, you're sitting there, it boggles the mind the way they write things. Like the idea is everybody's got to be special in these movies now. It's okay that she's just a regular teenage girl. One of the things that Disney's had to address is they're trying to expand this universe, but in expanding it, they've gotten away from some of the original big, bigger characters like the Hulk or Iron Man or Captain America. So what you're going to see in the next year as a response to some of these things are some of the bigger properties. Secret Invasion goes along with that because, again, remember, you've got Nick Fury coming back. In addition to all these new characters that are in Secret Invasion, you've got Loki coming. Then you've got some of the films, you know, kind of pushed back that not necessarily look are looking, you know, as promising. And then they're, of course, leading with Deadpool 3 next summer. So they're kind of trying to course correct, pull back on content and make sure what they're putting out is more in line with what what Disney and Marvel fans want. Is Deadpool 3 going to be any good? Because this writer strike is going on. And from what I understand, they said that because of the strike, Ryan Reynolds can't improvise because that's technically writing when there's a strike going on. And to me, that's going to ruin that movie because he's the kind of guy you see all the outtakes, all the funny little things that happen. They come up with on the set and now he's just got to follow the script. That makes me nervous. And this whole writer's strike makes me wonder if Hollywood can survive, because let's be honest, all these entertainment options that are out there, you, you know, when when the pandemic hit, people just found a way to entertain themselves. I don't know if people really went back to the movie theaters as much as they used to go back to the movie theaters. And and what you got is you got a bunch of people that think that we're just going to be waiting around as consumers for them. And I don't know how many people are really waiting around for them anymore. Well, a lot of it is is trying to come up with a formula that works. And the writer's strike, you know, is problematic. And a lot of people think that a lot of the writers here are making all this money and that they're just rolling in it, much like, you know, they believe in a lot of celebrities here are making a lot of money, and some of them are, but those are usually the top earners. A lot of them are working just as hard as you and I do, but because they're, you know, people know them or they're visual, people assume they're making a lot of money. I mean, I heard a story about an Emmy winner who basically had to take an Uber to the Emmy Awards um, in the last year and literally, you know, drive home after, couldn't even afford to do any of the red carpet stuff or anything like that. So it's not, it's even, even the successful ones aren't doing as well as people would think. And there really isn't an end in sight to it. Um, there's some talk that it's going to happen, you know, in the next month or two. The last writer's strike took place over, I think it was a hundred days. And the longest one, of course, being, I think the one in 88, which was even longer than that. 
And what's really at the heart of this is a lot of the a lot of the question about how to pay people for streaming streaming you know these these shows because the writers are not getting paid on a lot of that. And so you do have these situations like the Emmy winner I was talking about, where the person is is not making that much money, even though they've got this award and it means a lot. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't mean as much as people on the outside think. Well, you know, these big corporations, all the big ones, you you know, your Disney's, your Paramount's, all, all these, all these different ones that are out there, your Netflix, they're making a ton of money. And I think that's the thing. And the moment they started getting hit and losing a little bit in, in the marketplace, it, it feels like they take it out on the little guy. So I'm rooting for the little, the little guys. I hope, I hope the writers get everything they're supposed to get. The, the only thing is. I don't understand how the big corporations can hold out as long as they've been holding out on this because you're just lessening a product that already got beat up over the last couple of years because you're trying to be stingy. You know, I'm not going to feel bad. I don't think anybody's going to feel bad if all of a sudden a couple streaming services go out of business or a major studio goes out of business. I think we're all just going to shrug and say, well, whatever, you were rich and you screwed it up. Yeah, and you've got the also have the actor strike that's coming as well. There's a lot of problems on the way if they can't shore things up, and that's going to push back more products, you know, or, or more shows. I mean, already you're seeing shows like Abbott Elementary and/or you got Saturday Night Live, even Stranger Things. People thrilled for the last season of Stranger Things that has been put on hold. All of these things are put on hold, so it's a good ne- negotiation point for not only the writers, but in some instances the actors as well. But the question is, is how does how do you move that forward? Um, how do you if you're the studios, what do you concede and what you know, what what comes next? So what about the things that we are going to see this summer? What, what are the what are the big movie properties or streaming things that people should have marked down that you're hearing are going to be big? Can't miss things that you want to go see. Well, the interesting thing is I think you're seeing a trend with certain things. The biggest trend I think you're going to see this summer, and you've already seen it with Super Mario Brothers, which is now the second biggest animated film, I think, of all time as far as the domestic box office. Um, The idea that you have these properties that are based on toys or games, you have Gran Turismo, which is coming out in August. You have another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is an animated, is coming out. And then, of course, you have Barbie coming out, and people are excited about that, um, particularly women growing up that had it. And you've got Greta Gerwig behind it, who has obviously got a very award-decorated past, and, and it's getting a lot of buzz. And they're setting up that weekend, July 21st, to be kind of the big showdown, because you also have a movie that I'm excited about, which is Oppenheimer. And supposedly that's going to be Cillian Murphy's, um, you know, Oscar. He's a good actor and you got Christopher Nolan like directing it. I mean, I got a 15 year old son who saw the preview for that. And he's like, he's like, Christopher Nolan did that. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, everything he does is good. I want to see that. I mean, you can't, I can't even believe that I have a teenager that wants to go see a movie about the atom bomb. Are people going back to the theater? I think people are, are proving that they will go back for the right piece the right movies you know that i mean people went out and forced for the you know super mario brothers we said earlier i think you're going to see a lot of people coming out for mission impossible i think that's going to be one of the surprise hits of the summer not that it's a huge surprise because usually the mission impossible films do deliver and i think you're going to see some smaller properties too come about like um one of the ones that people are talking about is i is a film called joyride which is supposed to be like the it's kind of the bridesmaids part two uh, but it's coming out the same weekend as um, as the horror film uh, Insidious, the the next Insidious, and um, you know that's supposed to be hilarious. I, Insidious is going to be hilarious. 
Well, not not Insidious, but this other film called Joyride. Yeah, I'm just messing no, with yeah. you. Yeah, while, while somebody's coming, well, if somebody's coming after you, they're going to make you laugh. <laughs> well, you mentioned the last time we talked that horror movies were going to become like the the big thing because you know you can you can you can make these stories. You can be as original as you want to be with them. You can kind of go off and do crazy things with them. And budget wise, they're not these huge blockbusters. So you don't have to reach these massive amounts of money. So it it seems to me every time I see these horror movies coming out, I'm like, Ben called it because we were going to see more and more of these in the theaters. Yeah. And and again, the animation goes with that too, because, you know, again, you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out. That's a great investment because the cost to make that's going to be less. So you're obviously, you know, these studios are saying, okay, yeah, go ahead and do it. This is an established property. Enough people will go out to see it that we can more than cover the cost of, of the production and, and then some and even market and we're, we'll be good to go. So I think that's what you're going to see. But that, and, and the cost for making horror films typically is a lot less um, but those, those I think are going to be the big surprises you'll see. And then, you know, later this summer too, you've got another equalizer coming out with Denzel Washington, which I think is going to be great. A lot of people are talking about Indiana Jones. I think it'll do okay. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be as big as people believe it will be, you know, but it'll be interesting to see. And people are, they're adjusting to your, to your point, they're adjusting their box office estimates based on the fact that you've got presumably less people coming to the theaters. So, you know, with that, as, as they try to get people back into the theaters from being used to being on streaming for so long. Listen, you know, what's going to pack the theater monkeys. What's the monkeys? A- will absolutely. Pack the theater, why not? Okay. A man and his gorilla or his orangutan traversing the country with a, with a gang of guys on motorcycles. I'm telling you, they got to bring it back. Philo Bello rides again. Chris, you write the script. We'll get it in front of the right people. <laughs> It's now time for your Southside Bulletin Board. Everything going on this weekend. It's all brought to you by Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Quitting smoking is hard, and Cool Clouds wants to offer you an alternative. A great taster bar, amazing CBD products. They are located on the northeast corner of 95th and Kedzie. Right next to a brand new wine bar, Spoke and Vine. I'm going to be there next week for an exclusive preview. I'll tell you all about it when I'm done. Check out everything Cool Clouds has to offer at CoolCloudsVapor.com or visit them at 3148 West 95th Street. People always ask, Chris, what are you doing this weekend? So we'll kick off with my Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, Hailstorm Brewing. Live music, CK and The Gray, playing from 6 to 9 p.m. for free. They got a great scratch kitchen. They've got Dominatrix back. It's one of my favorite beers on the south side. It made our top five beers of the summer last year. They're at 8060 186th Street in Tinley Park. On Saturday, Blue Island Beer Company's got our friend Joe Ryan and the AM Drinkers playing a free show starting at 7 p.m. They play those shows in the tap room. It's such an intimate setting. Always a really good crowd comes in there. Should be a blast at Blue Island Beer Company, 13357 Old Western Avenue. And on Sunday, I am saying for Father's Day on the 18th, I want to go to Kewan Canal in Lamont. Barbecue competition and festival. We've been to Matt's Barbecue out there. We featured him on a past episode of Southside Pod. They're hosting the whole thing. The Tim Gleason Trio is going to be there. A mechanical bowl, drink samples, putting contest, and so much more. $10 adults and teens, children under 12 
are free. Get an advance ticket and you get a chance to win some extra swag from the event. Now for everything else going on around the South Side that I probably won't make, but I would love to, that's all brought to you by SidSauce.net. They grow the peppers here on the South Side, they create the sauces, they bottle them, they bring them to your door. The only hot sauces I have in the house. From Johnny's Red to the Mango Ate Your Baby, Maggie the Vampire Slayer, and Al Capone versus the Unabomber. So many to choose from, see them all at SidSauce.net. Metal Fest, Friday, starting at 7 p.m., going into the wee hours of the morning, One Allegiance Brewing out in Chicago Ridge at 10215 South Harlem Avenue. Also on Friday night the 16th, 7 to 10 p.m., 115 Bourbon Street, Howl to Go Dueling Pianos. Without even looking at the description, is it's the Howl at the Moon thing, but it's somebody else doing the dueling pianos. I always like those kind of shows. On Saturday the 17th, a Beverly chill day, Nicky's of Beverly from 2 to 8 p.m. It's a patio parking lot jam at Nicky's, four different DJs, kid-friendly, no cover, again kicks off at 2 in the afternoon. And then also on Saturday night, the Ron Burgundies are playing at Holy Redeemer, 9525 South Rondale Avenue. It's a fundraising event, so 30 bucks. You're in the parking lot under a tent watching two different sets by the Ron Burgundies, BYOB event. There is something for everyone this weekend on the South Side. There's also something for everyone on South Side Pod. If this is your first episode, make sure you subscribe. The podcast app you're listening to has a subscribe button. If you're on the website at southsidepod.com, you see all kinds of options there. It takes two seconds. You're never going to miss a thing here on the South Side. Each and every week and always on demand. Go back and binge listen. Anywhere podcasts can be found and always at southsidepod.com. It's the South Side! Y'all come back now, you hear?